welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. Today we're doing part two of our a chat with Garrett Ward about other religions. So um, we back. started this. You're back. We started this a couple weeks ago talking about uh, different religions, specifically about a book called But Don't All Religions Lead to God by Michael Green. This is a book that uh, Garrett Ward suggested, and um, so I brought him on to chat about that that book, and we went through the first couple chapters last time, uh, or first few chapters, I guess, went through the first three chapters. And then uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to move on through the book a little bit more and specifically talk about um, chapter four and then the, the following chapters kind of answer the question that chapter four asks. Uh, but we're going to just chat with Garrett Ward about it, find out his thoughts on the book. Uh, we do suggest this book. This is The goal here is to learn about other religions and mm-hmm. things that uh, you know are contrary to the Christian faith. Um, or things that claim to be the Christian faith that maybe right. uh, aren't really the Christian faith. Yeah, how are you going to know the difference? What's missing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, today is, is specifically what makes Jesus so special then. This is chapter four of this book. Um, and then there's a lot of questions that uh, I don't I don't know if I'm going to, you know, get to all these questions because there's uh, there's a lot in this book. I probably don't need my questions here that I, that I wrote out just for... Uh, maybe another podcast sometime, but what makes Jesus so special and just mm-hmm. what makes Jesus different from other religious leaders. But Garrett, go ahead and uh, start us off here with chapter four. What makes Jesus so special? Take us through some of your thoughts. All right. Well, yeah, the again, Christianity all geared around Jesus Christ, the central figure. And a lot of other worldviews and religions try to, you know, maybe claim teachings of Jesus or or... Uh, claim that Jesus has uh, some sort of value or influence on their religion, um, but but Christianity is you know specific going off of the scripture of what uh, Jesus of who Jesus is and what he uh, brought to the table. So just in the big picture, just uh, looking at the person of uh, Jesus, you know why why is he so special? Um, he highlights three things in the book. Uh, he talks about Jesus's influence. And so when you think about the person of Jesus who was born um, to, a, to a poor family, a carpenter and, and a young mother and raised in, in uh, the uh, Middle East in, uh, you know, in Nazareth, group of Nazareth, just, just coming out of uh, nowhere and then comes on, to, on the scene about when he's age 30 and has a ministry of only about three years, but his influence, you know, after that, having millions and, and billions of people following after him and having such a great influence and impact on history, you know, dividing time. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, BC. This gave and a AD. number too, right? Doesn't it say like a hundred thousand? Yeah, like like it said. Uh, I think two thirds of of the the world. And it said like something like a hundred thousand a month or something, right? Uh, I can't to, remember I'm the trying exact to uh, statistics. We'll but keep yeah. going, and when I when I find it in the book here, I'll. Uh... Yeah, the I mean the just the the impact of of people following or 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 being influenced by the teachings of Jesus, the teaching of teachings of the Bible, specifically Jesus, on and his life. You know, just geared around again his ministry of only three years. Yeah, for a lot of people, uh, you know, it takes decades and decades to to earn influence and, and favor in people's eyes. But when you look at Jesus, he only did it in that in that three years. And then people took took his message and, and continued on. This says, so this is what it says here in, in the book, um, because it talks about his influence, right? And it right. talks about that's one of the biggest difference, differences is his influence. 
Um, and so it says, uh, uh, let's see. I just lost it again. Oh, here we go. Uh, Jesus has also been the inspiration for courage, generosity, care for others, purity, and any other virtue you can think of or you care to think of. No wonder he has captivated the hearts and minds of peasant and king, uh, of intellectual and illiterate all over the world and down, uh, down the centuries. Today, his cause is growing at about 100,000 a day, not a Sunday, a day. Mm. We may not be currently seeing much of that in the West, but it is certainly that case in Africa, Asia, Latin America. That's right. that's a fascinating thing because we've talked, we've had a lot of times where, uh, especially through COVID and stuff and just being like frustrated that we're not allowed to meet in person and things like that. And right. we kind of go, this is just a glimpse into what the rest of the world deals with. Like right. we take these freedoms for granted sometimes, mm-hmm. but just to know that there's a hundred thousand a day all yeah, over the world. And we're like, crazy. I mean, we have a thousand people in here on a weekend mm-hmm. and like, we'll see people come to Christ, but it's not a th- hundred thousand a day here. Right. right so right. we see that just, yeah, very different. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about that influence and, and why are people, you know, flocking to Jesus at that, you know, amount. It's, it's just crazy to think about and so you have this this influence of Jesus continuing, and then uh, he speaks about specifically, you know, Jesus's teaching was different than um, anyone of his day, and from from that point on as well, you know, we see that Jesus's teaching is a complete uh, message that a lot of worldviews draw on and uh, you know take from. But when you zero it down, you know, Jesus's teaching can can speak to every person um and and is attracted to all that was one of the 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 big differences that uh christianity christ's message was attractive to all he was um a a person of of the people he was uh, a person that went after sinners and tax collectors and and all and all people and all statuses he didn't uh you know, discriminate, you know, he wanted a humble heart. Of course, he, he really called out the self-righteous and, and those who were not humble and prideful, but, um, those who were humble at heart were were able to, uh, understand the message and come to Christ. And that made it attractive. That still makes it attractive today because it reaches anyone, you know, in the, in the villages, in the, in the jungles to the middle class, to, um, yeah, peasant and king alike. Right, right. I like the, uh, so I'm looking, for, again, I bec- we're kind of sharing the book a little bit. I have the Kindle version, um, which I have some notes on, but it wouldn't open on my, my phone. Um, so I'm looking at your book right now, and I think somewhere in this chapter, under the teaching, you're talking about the teaching right now, and talks about religious, religious leaders, uh, religious people being excluded, mm. right? And it says, uh, oh, here it is. Uh, religious people who made excuses found themselves excluded while the riffraff of society discovered to their amazement that they were welcome. So you were saying mm-hmm. um, the tax collectors and the, the lowly people. Um, but I wanted to ask the question and have us talk about it for a second just because we think a lot of times we think of Christianity as a religion. Mm-hmm. And this says religious people making excuses were excluded. What is he talking about there? Well, I, I think he's talking about the religious as far as those who are trying to follow a formula or a set of rules. Um, and again, we, we talked about this last time, but Christianity really being about a, a relationship and having a relationship with God, God coming to us and, you know, having that intimacy there in 
in the religious people, they're trying to to work, they're earn, they're trying to do these things in order to uh, to maybe come to a certain place or a status, earn their way, earn their way. Um, but but God is is coming to us and saying, you know, just humble yourself before me, and uh, you know, I'll do the work, I'll save you. Um, this is the message to believe. Just accept it. You, right. know, you don't have to do anything. Right. Uh, and so that's you know kind of the the picture. You know, again, Jesus really went after the the Pharisees and the the uh, religious rulers who were putting all of these uh, burdens on the people of on how to follow the rules and and uh, what to do and and just tons and tons of rules to be able to to try to follow to, to be holy to you know to be righteous. And the Pharisees were were furious mm-hmm. at Jesus right. for some of the stuff that he was he was teaching. Um, if you we've done, I mean, people that listen to the podcast regularly know uh, I've talked about the chosen a lot, and I've interviewed some of the people involved. They do a really good job at that relationship. You've watched it, right? The the, the first, chosen, yeah. They they do a really good job of the relationship between the Pharisees and especially with Nicodemus being mm. a Pharisee. Now, mm. obviously, the chosen goes a lot more into a, a story of Nicodemus that isn't biblical. It's more of a this is could have been how it happened right, with Nicodemus. Right. Um, but just the conversations that Pharisees are having, there's one specifically where Caitlin kind of just watches through the show like crazy. So we've seen it many, many times. Mm. There's one scene though, where, uh, it's in, I think it's in the episode when Jesus heals the paralytic and Nicodemus is talking to one of the, the Pharisees that's just outraged. And he's saying he's claiming to be the son of God, but the, no one can see God. So Mm. how, how can he be the, or claiming to be God, whatever, how he's, he's saying it. And like, He's saying, look, in the Old Testament, it says in the book of Deuteronomy, you know, we can't see God's face. And he starts quoting all the scripture, right? Mm. And then Nicodemus' character responds with, would you would you consider the fact that maybe you're the one that doesn't interpret that the correct way? Mm. And that instead of putting the Almighty in a box, that maybe you're the one that's not understanding this right, you're going to put limitations on God? Right, right. And uh, it's really interesting just to hear the conversation because Pharisees are trying, to their credit, they're trying to follow Yeah, they are. Scripture. They're trying to follow Scripture. And mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. this says, so this is why I brought this up, because it talks about you have to compare Jesus' teaching with the Old Testament to sense its power. Mm. And it starts to say, uh, let's see, so it says, don't get me wrong, Jesus took the Old Testament as his Bible, but he could still con- contrast his teaching with it as fulfillment over against promise. So he says in Matthew five seventeen, mm-hmm. think not that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not. I've come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Right, right. So if you read through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the Old Testament had forbidden murder and adultery, and Jesus goes deeper mm-hmm. and forbids hatred and lust. Right. Um, so he elevates he, the law. He elevates yeah. the law instead mm-hmm. of it. So it's right. it is interesting because you think like because we talk about not being under law anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to look at that and people some people might say the Pharisees for example would be saying he is contradicting God's word. Right. And instead he's not contradicting God's word. He's really yeah, elevating. really really elevating it and and in doing that he's speaking with uh, an authority. Um you know, he says you have said it uh, you have uh, read it or you have heard it said and then he says I say to you. And so he's he's not claiming to 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 quote scripture at that point he's saying you know i from, say to you, you know i'm saying this it is from me you know claiming that he has authority um to to to, to bring this teaching 
And and then again, of course, he he um, equates himself with with God, claiming to be I am from uh, the Old Testament, and it talks about him being the fulfillment of of the law, what what the law and the prophets in the Old mm-hmm. Testament spoke about. Jesus was the one to come to fulfill that, and so all of that, you know, brings about you know this sense of of what Jesus is claiming. No other leader. Uh, claims to to speak with such authority in the sense of being one with God, you know, kind of the same right. uh, nature of the God of God being on the same uh, level as God. Right. You know? Right. Um, and so that makes Jesus special as well. Just the, the, his authority that he spoke to and his claim to be one with the father, one with God. Right. And we can, we'll go into that a little bit sure. more too. Um, so yeah, his teaching was was definitely different. And then you know he talks about in the book his character. Um, Jesus' character is, is totally different, of course, than many other leaders. Again, like I said, he came from humble beginnings. He didn't force him, himself on on anybody or uh, have this religious uh, movement starting by force or. Uh, you know, in the in the worldly sense of yeah, he even king. says, "Don't follow me if my actions aren't matching what I'm preaching." Right, right. right? Even you know, yeah, he he, give, he give, even tests people and, and and tells them what to do and and then lets them go. He doesn't force people to continue following him. Uh, you know, the rich ru- young right. ruler comes to him and says, "What must I do uh, to inherit eternal life?" Jesus tells him, and and then he goes away sad and and so he's not forcing anybody uh, to do anything. It says somewhere in this in this section. Um, the only truly balanced person mm, to ever live. Right, right, right. So yeah, the picture of Jesus being being totally humble yet strong. He's you know totally spiritual. You know, one with God has has this intimate relationship with God. Yet he's down to earth and being able to relate to the uh, disciples and the other people around him. Um, and so yeah, again, you know, sometimes we think of of these these religious people being high and mighty and, and thinking themselves as holier than thou, but Jesus, you know, didn't didn't uh, wasn't like that. He he was definitely the most spiritual person with a relationship with God. Yet he was was totally down to earth and able to communicate, be one with with the people of his time. And then also again his his teachings brought out his character of of how he lived. You know, he, he taught us to uh, bless our enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And then he led by example by giving his life on the cross. And then on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, and so he, you know, lived that life of, of perfect holiness. You know, the Bible teaches that Jesus was without sin. Uh, he was perfect. Um, and then the people around him really got a glimpse of that, you know, they, they, even they, there's a quote, um, when he died, you know, the, the guards say, you know, truly, uh, this man was innocent. Um, Jesus didn't do anything to deserve the death, the death that, uh, uh, he took on. And so, yeah, it's just amazing how, uh, what led to his death, nothing that he did. Um, uh, but it was again, just the, the jealousy, the, the religious leaders, coming up against him. I think at the same time to remember that Jesus wasn't, he wasn't fighting it. 
Yeah, yeah. He was he was selflessly giving himself up. Right, right. And there's parts where I think I think like you you can see, um, and another thing that I love about uh, I'm going to bring it up a couple times probably just because I love the show, but the chosen is the way that they even in moments where they'll show the guy the actor portraying Jesus, they'll show kind of an expression of like, an, I don't want to say sorrow, but just kind of a a, a grieving of like knowing mm-hmm. what is going to be coming mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's not that he's unwilling to do it, but it's right. still, he's still human mm-hmm. to know that this is going to be an intense suffering and to know that he's going to give his life up for the sinners when right. even it's not, it's not even something he deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see the grief on his face is one of the reasons why I really like the actor that does, he does it so well with like mm-hmm. the expressions of like, he doesn't have to say anything. You can kind of see just like he, he understands scripture enough to be like, Jesus is obviously willing to do this and wants to die for us because he loves us. But at the same time, it's like he's mm. grieving for the fact that he's going to have to die for our sins. Right. Right. Yeah. The co- compassion that, that Jesus portrayed and the, the humanness that, that he took on again, uh, Bible teaches that Jesus was eternal beforehand, but he, uh, with God throughout eternity, but he humbled himself and, and became uh, a man uh, in in uh, human form, and and he took on suffering, he took on pain, he he can identify with us and and know exactly what we're going through, and he has empathy and compassion uh, for for us in right. all that we do. It also, yeah, it says the. Uh uh, let's see, conduct matched his teaching and it, it mm-hmm. goes through a nice, um, a little paragraph here, naming a bunch of people, um, you know, religious leaders, Confucius, Buddha, Muhammad. And then it also says even leaders from our own day, Martin Luther King, Billy Graham, mm-hmm. mother Teresa, they all taught great things. Um, but they, none of them actually managed to carry out everything that they taught. And then it kind of goes through some of the things that are that are wrong with, uh, not wrong, but the things that they didn't fulfill in their own teaching, um, to just show that Jesus was perfect. Uh, I, mm-hmm. so the other thing was the, uh, we're going to go through these next few chapters here and it kind of an- gives us, I think it's four different chapters that kind of talk about four reasons of how Jesus is, mm-hmm. um, Jesus is set apart. One of the things that is main that I see, and I don't know if it's, this is in the book or if I, I wrote it down here, but I don't remember if it's from the book or something else I read, but it's just saying that Jesus is the only one, uh, all of these, all of these leaders are, are either dead or alive. And then mm. they're either one or the, Jesus is the only one who was dead and is now alive. Right. Right. Yeah. And that, uh, speaks of him conquering death. Uh, I think it's in w- one of the later chapters, uh, but yeah, the, definitely the, the resurrection is the key aspect of, of Jesus Christ, of why Christians worship Christ and, and believe that he was the son of God is the resurrection that we believe mm-hmm. that our savior didn't die and stay dead, but he rose again after three day, days. And again, there's a lot of evidence for that. You can kind of look into, uh, you know, why Christ, uh, the resurrection can be proved um, logically and reasonably, even though it's a, a miracle and can seem like an outlandish uh, claim, yet the the believers claim to see the resurrected Christ and, and Jesus appeared to over 500 people, lived on the earth or you know, was in and out for about 40 days before mm-hmm. he ascended to heaven. And 
they didn't they couldn't produce uh, the body you know the the romans could have you know uh, produced the body if they knew where the body was so the body was definitely missing of jesus there was an empty tomb so that's not debatable so people try to discredit the resurrection by saying you know jesus never really died that's mm. one one thing that people say but of course we know that the romans were uh were expert executioners and, and they were going to, they were make sure that Jesus died and, and, and put him in his tomb and they put guards, uh, next to it. Um, because yeah, they were concerned. Maybe, yeah, someone would come take the body. Cause or, he had so many followers. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or do something. And so they did, they did protect the tomb. And, and then, um, you know, there's a claim that the, the, Disciples stole the body, uh, but that doesn't make sense. You know, that's the 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 claim that they tried to cover up with the the Roman soldiers. That they said that they was stolen, but uh, you know they would have lost their life if that would have really happened. They were just using it as a cover up to mm-hmm. to kind of know you know not know where the body went and things like that. Mm-hmm. So again, the the resurrection is is the most important aspect of. Of Jesus Christ, of course, if there's no resurrection, then we would be, um, you know, practicing Christianity, you know, for for nothing basically. Right. It would it would wouldn't matter. There wouldn't be a strict difference either way. Right. And the importance of Jesus raising from the dead is, of course, um, to prove that what he taught was actually true, was from God, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and proving that his sacrifice for our sins on the cross, um, him taking our, our place of punishment, uh, that satisfied the wrath of God, and and um, he, he rose again, again, proving that he was God. He conquered death, and so he was the firstborn of the resurrection. So, um, so those who have faith and, and trust in Christ will also be resurrected, and that gives a great, great hope and assurance to the Christian, knowing right. that, of course, this life isn't all that there is. We're going to be with God, with Jesus for eternity, and a new heaven and a new earth. And that's, again, another, the biggest difference, I think, you know, kind of what we talked about last week is, you know, man not going to God, but God coming to us. Mm-hmm. And that's what he, you know, he talked about in one of the chapters too. You know, Jesus claimed to bring God to us. And again, it's not something that we earn or do, but God bringing uh, that relationship to us is is a key, totally different shift from any other worldview right. or religion. Yeah. There's a, so, okay, that's in chapter five, this is kind of the first one is that no other great teacher even claimed to bring God to us. Right. Um, though I was going to, do you have more in chapter five? Yeah. Well, well, I was just going to say, um, Jesus made that the, you know, what could be seen as, you know, the intolerant claim that, you know, no one comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ. And so he's, he's claiming to be the way to God. And so even though, you know, he's bringing, uh, bringing uh, God to us, um, Jesus is claiming to be the only way. There's no other way to, to come to the Father but through Jesus Christ. And so he makes that very clear. And again, that's that's a difference from all the other other religions who claim their other ways. Uh, Jesus would would claim this uh, this specific truth to be uh, 
to come into a relationship with God, to know God the Father, is to come through Jesus Christ. Right. In chapter 5, it does talk about the fulfillment of prophecy, which Brett has done sermons on, and mm-hmm. he's talked about the odds of of the number of prophecies being fulfilled by one person is just like, the, the numbers are just unbelievable. Uh, like the odds that it would that it would take, and so the fact that he did fulfill all of them, and it says in chapter five, it co- kind of goes through a lot of different things. So, uh, born of David's line, mm-hmm. but in a humble, despised family, his birthplace is, would be Bethlehem. He he would both restore Israel and be a light to the Gentiles. He would be rejected by his people, die among uh, what's that word? Mal- malefactors? I don't know that word. <laughs> and be buried in a tomb supplied by a rich man. Um, Joseph's tomb, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which that w- that's an interesting one too. Uh, he'd live again. Lord's program uh, would prosper in his hands. His death and resurrection would enable ordinary men and women to get right with God. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So again, uh, God, Jesus had these claims, but then he backed it up by fulfilling these prophecies. Yeah, the f- the fulfillment of prophecy. How many pro- there? Do you know? How many prophecies are there? There's over I like think 400, right? Yeah, over 300. 300? About, yeah. And I think Brett did the numbers of just like 24 of them being fulfilled right. by one man. And it was like... Or even eight or something like un, that. An yeah. unbelievable mm-hmm. amount of odds yeah. that, that it would be. So it's just kind of... We we talked about this. So we've done... I'm a little jumbled now. We're on close to, to the 100th episode of the podcast. But we've done questions where we just talk about the Bible and like right, questions right. about the Bible. One of them was, how do we know the Bible is true and it mm-hmm. talks and he talked about some of the prophecies being fulfilled, right? How it doesn't contradict itself at all. Yeah. These all kind of overlap, you know, all of these evidences and, and proofs of Christianity kind of are inner, we an interwoven together. Right. Um, when we talk yeah. a lot about these things, a chapter six, it, uh, has some interesting wording in the title, which is, um, no other great teacher dealt radically with human wick- wickedness. Mm. Um, no other great teacher dealt radically with human wickedness. Yeah. Um, let's, so let's talk about chapter six a little bit and just hi- some of your highlights from that one. Yeah. So again, if you kind of look at a, at a broad view of a lot of the religions uh, or kind of worldviews, a lot of religions even basically de- deny sin or deny evil, um, you know, Buddhism, uh, kind of just an illusion of ev- evil, and then, um, and and definitely, you know, they don't see sin in a lot of religions as a, a sin against God, a, a sin against a supreme being. So there's no um, kind of authority that they're held to, other than kind of their their view of how to better themselves, kind of a moral code. And so Jesus, of course, really um, teaches in congruence with, with the Old Testament and in all of the Bible is that really, you know, sinfulness the and the, the wickedness of man is is on the inward heart and and starts, you know, inwardly and is not, you know, a result of, of um, things around us. You know, some worldviews would say, you know, we're basically all good people, but, you know, then we sometimes make bad choices right. and, and things like that. But again, uh, Jesus references evil in the heart and and evil intentions starting in inside, and then they manifest outward in our actions. And so he doesn't uh, he doesn't shy away from from telling it like it is, you know, of of, sin, of sinful nature of, of the 
the consequences of sin. Uh, Jesus, you know, talks a lot about hell and and separation from God, that the the, uh, the the punishment that uh, needs to be dealt with, uh, and we, um, you know, when you when you think about you know how do you deal with with sin and 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 how do you answer the, you know the the question of sin and suffering, you know people people have trouble doing that and and I think every worldview tries to to wrestle with those answers but they don't have a have a good answer but but we understand that God is uh, doesn't tolerate sin he ha- he's a good judge he has to deal with it and so he's going to and and these other world religions again don't have uh, the same accountability or the same holy god that they are are kind of up against. Right, right. And so that's a, that's a big part of what Jesus talks about. Again, he he talks about um, he is the one who is going to judge. You know, Jesus Christ has a has a role in judging sin, separating the the wheat from the goats and or for the wheat from the tares and the goats from the sheep. Um, the you know the righteous and the unrighteous. You know, Jesus is is going to uh, judge us for sins. And then he also talks about he has the authority to forgive sins, mm-hmm. and so Jesus can can forgive sins. You know, the uh, question was asked, you know, who can for, forgive sins other than God? And and Jesus, uh, you know, forgives claims to forgive sins, and then he did the sign of a miracle to prove right. that he was God. That's an interesting one. To, you're talking about with the paralytic, right? Mm-hmm. Where they say, and he says, what would be easier to right to forgive? To, say, say say your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk. Right, right, and. The, the verse says that he, well, I forget how it says it exactly, but he read the thoughts of right, the Pharisees. Right. He knew they were, yeah, they were, were asking that question, basically. And mm-hmm. so that's what, mm-hmm. that's an interesting, uh, interesting story there. Right. And so, again, he, he doesn't shy away from the consequences of, of sin, talking about the separation of, of, uh, of, of man from God. And, but, but the the thing again that's different in Christianity is God has the remedy. He he makes a way to make things right. Right. And in these other systems, again, the people have to do something. You know, in Hinduism, it's you know reincarnation or karma. You know, you have to do a certain amount of good to outweigh the bad. Um, and then you know, in in the Muslim belief there's a totally legalistic system where they have to adhere to five essentials uh, these creeds these prayers um, doing fasting doing a pilgrimage all of these things they have to do in order to try to make things right and even in that there's no assurance for them to be uh, to have God for God to have mercy on them or to forgive them Mm -hmm. but again in Christianity God is God is the judge uh, but he came to us to pay the penalty uh, of sin for us. He took our place, and so we we are grateful, thankful for that, and and we just need to admit that it's not uh, what we do in order to earn salvation. It's what Jesus Christ did on the cross, right, to make a way to to uh, to to deal with evil, to judge evil, right. Now, do you, so we're, that's, uh, let's see, we're coming into chapter seven now, right? Yeah. Uh, let's, was... you know what, let's save chapter, chapter seven and eight, um, because this is going to go probably more of a longer conversation than, um, than we'll have time for in this one. But, 
uh, it starts going into no other great teacher broke the final barrier, which is death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think chapter eight is the... Uh, well, we touched on that a little bit. Yeah, we've kind of jumped around a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. And then no other great teacher offers to live within his followers, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is something you also touched on with him, you know, living among his disciples and then, you know, reaching out to the tax collectors and the right. lowly. And the, right. um, And you don't see that with other teachers. Uh, but let's save those. We'll talk about those more, and we'll even get into the the later chapters as well. So we're we're at uh, we'll have some uh, chapter nine says hard questions. So we'll face some. Let's face some hard questions is what it's called. So mm. um, we'll jump into that next time. But this is uh, we'll probably be able to get two more parts here out of this. And then I want to uh, I talked to Brett the other day. We'll talk about some specific religions too. I'll bring in John Knapp and right. and we'll just ask questions specifically about uh, Judaism and uh, Mormonism things mm-hmm, like that, and mm-hmm. just get more in-depth details on that. There was also, we talked before uh, on last episode about uh, the difference between a cult, mm-hmm. a cult and a cult. Right, right. <laughs> O-C-C-U-L-T. Uh-huh. Um, and he talks about that in this book as well, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. I think it's important for us to understand uh, other religions, the differences between it, what we believe, especially if you're new to the faith, it's really good to to understand these things and more about it because sometimes things can be a little confusing and you've got, um, I mean, things coming at you from mm-hmm. from every angle within our world trying to tell you different things that are truth. Uh, but just know that I think we've said this many times. We did this a few weeks ago when we talked about the prosperity gospel and we said if there's you have questions about somebody's teaching and stuff, the best place to look is just the Bible mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that is the inerrant truth of, right. of God's God's word and the Definitely inerrant truth, there. right? So yeah. you can go to the Bible. You will not you will not find misinformation <laughs> in the Bible, we promise. Um, and then another great resource that we've talked about a lot is gotquestions.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you go look on uh, Got Questions, one of the main questions we were talking about today, um, which is how is Jesus different from other religious leaders? They've got a nice in-depth, uh, a nice in-depth answer for that as well. Uh, and I can I can throw a link to this actually this question exactly onto uh, the description of the podcast too. So, um, all right, nice. we'll do uh, part three coming up uh, probably in the next couple of weeks here, Sounds and then good. we'll get more into some of these other religions. All right, thanks, Garrett.